What's up, guys? Welcome back to Push Through, where JJ and I are taking on life's obstacles, the good, the bad, the ugly, and figuring out a way to, I don't know, get through it, push through, right? How you doing, bud? Sounds good. I like that. Good intro? Yeah, it was all right. It's weird. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying average money every once in a while. Yeah, it happens. But we got pretty good feedback the last couple episodes of uh, a little bit of rebranding. Last week, we kind of announced it. And this is, this is our word to the listeners when, because we've said a few times that we'll be back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And then we said last week, we're making a schedule. We're sticking to it. And there's going to be weekly episodes. So here we are, Wednesday evening. We got a job to do. People, people need us. And we kind of said to each other that we are going to each like just write down three things that we want to talk about and discuss and knowing us some of them will probably overlap and we'll get to the ones we can because we did say last week we were going to talk about money so we definitely i want to talk about options this week um and how much i raked this uh month in the wheel and also added a new wheel stock so we'll get to that and then some other things but uh i did the intro you start us off what do you you got what do you want to talk about i want to know about this picture you sent me with a certain individual that I've looked up to since Lindsay and I lived in Hawaii back in 2016, I believe it was back. Okay. So here, this will, before you guys even know who this guy is, you may be able to guess him, but this, this, he's a content creator. Oh my God. I don't know if you call him that now, but he was, I'll tell you what he called himself in 2016 was the year I first stumbled upon YouTube. Like pre-2016, I'd go to YouTube to watch how to, you know, you know, tune up a car or, you know, watching a guy do brakes or whatever it may be. But since 2016, that's when I became a YouTube watcher, viewer, viewer, whatever you want to call it. And it, this guy's channel was the first channel I subscribed to. It was the first channel I was religiously watching videos. And I finally stumbled upon myself and I was like, whoa, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm watching <laughs> another dude. Like, <clears throat> it was just the weirdest thing. It was brand new to me, dude. I never was. a. a I mean, and I get, we're talking to six, 2016. Like, this was pretty early for YouTube days even. And I just remember stumbling upon, I'm like, I, I was fascinated, fascinated. And that's where my first like love of YouTube started was with this guy. So who was it, Brad? Yeah. And, and how did it all happen? <laughs> there's a couple of, there's a couple of things I've realized in the last 24 hours, even the last couple of days, what I've been telling people where I was going, I realized that not a lot of people know who he is. Like, unless you are really... Dude, the amount of people that I said, "Oh, I'm going to see this," or "I'm I'm going to the city," and they were like, "Why are Why are you going to the city?" And I would tell them, and they're like, "Who's that?" Or I'd, "Wow!" Or, and like tonight, when I got a picture, in true fanboy fashion, like I'm not even playing this off cool. Like I haven't oh, been giddy, no. and I haven't been no, but like I haven't been giddy in a while. Like it felt good, and um, I'm like sitting on the train on the way home, like trying to scroll my phone. Like who can I, you know, brag a little bit to, you know, <laughs> who, who can I send this out to? And, um, I realized that like my neighbors, like all that stuff, nobody knows who he is. 
you know? So I, all right. It, it was Casey Neistat. I was about to say, just say, who I, can't, I can't beat around the bush. It was Casey Neistat. So, so cool, dude. Like you sent me the picture. It's literally you and I see Casey. You guys are just chill. I'm like, Oh my gosh, dude. I could not imagine. Like he's literally, I would say like, because of where I'm at today, even though it's just kind of weird to say this, but he's definitely one of the top reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing today because right. I found Gary V through Casey Neistat. And I'll tell you this, as somebody that's never met him or been in the same room as him and has you know, the same feelings as you, it was so nice to see him speak in person and number one, like speak without speaking to a camera, but in the same exact breath, feel like nothing was different. Yeah, that's always nice. I got full confirmation that he's not acting in his videos, mm. which, you know, you, you know, he's not, but it was just cool to like, dude, he cursing like a sailor, like up there telling jokes. Um, and it was, it was really, really refreshing to see that because there's a lot of times where, I'm not saying idolize, but like you could look up to somebody like that and oh, for sure. you, then you meet them in purpose person or you bump into them like shooter McGavin, right? He hated old people, but he was nice in person. You know, like it, it was nice to like see that. I I'll tell you how I got like in the room and I'll tell you this, the person that I went to see was like flat out rules, no photographs, I'm not taking photographs tonight, but Casey like would like would not stop. Like I, I follow this author. Um, I'm huge. The last six months to a year, I've been really, really reading up on the Stoics as a part of like my mindfulness journey of, of all the things I've been going through over the last six months. And the daily Stoic is a book by Ryan holiday. He he's, if you've seen, I guarantee you've probably seen some of his book covers because they're very iconic looking or very, they stand out. But um, the obstacle is the way ego is the enemy, the daily stoic. He has like 12 books and I started reading about it and YouTubers and stuff, Andrew Kirby and, and, and Nathaniel, uh, Nate, uh, what's him? Uh, Nate, Nathaniel, whatever. He just a lot of people. And I mean, he, he's a big deal, but he's an author. So he doesn't have like the millions of followers that Casey has. Right. So I follow him. And if you follow me on Twitter, every once in a while, I'm reposting like stoic things that I read. It's where I get like all my deep, dark thoughts from, you know, and I'm sitting there scrolling at like 11 o'clock and I'm getting ready for bed. I'm scrolling Twitter, just answering DMs and things like that. And it says like exclusive book release signing New York City, Barnes and Noble. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then it's like with guest, special guest, Casey Neistat, 30 tickets available. Wow. And I didn't even like, it was late. I couldn't even like ask my wife and it was on a Wednesday night in the city. I was like for 30, it was $34. I'm like for $34, I'll eat it. 100%. You know? And it like sold out almost immediately. And the only reason I got, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time to see that tweet, get on Eventbrite, and I smoked it. Wow. And um, then I found out too, I got a copy of the book was included. So it was like a $26 oh, book. Oh, nice. 
So I paid like 30 some dollars. My father was a conductor on the railroad, so I don't pay for a train ticket. So I got to ride the train in. I got the express train into the city. It was, it was down in Union Square. So that's like maybe a mile from Penn Station, MSG. Got down there at like 5.30. They spoke for like an hour. Did a, They did a quick Q&A. Um, and then, did you ask uh, any questions? I didn't, I didn't ask. Well, you got to like submit a card. So like I didn't get oh, to like okay. raise my hand. But the card that I put in there, which is something else that we can talk about as parents, because the book that was just released is called The Daily Dad. So The Daily Stoic is meant to be read one day at a time. And what it is, is it's a, a quote from a Stoic philosopher, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus, all these other names you'll read about in Stoic philosophy. And then Ryan gives his one to two paragraph take on it and kind of like translate it, translates it into like what we can understand because they're speaking Latin and all of these things. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like reading Shakespeare. You kind of need like, what, cool. what the hell did he say? Yeah. So it's like, and it's a daily commitment and it's less than one page. So he did the exact same thing. Ryan's a, a father of two young boys. They're probably um, uh, maybe a little bit older than my kids, maybe like six and four, let's say, but like close in age, he has two boys. And um, he wrote a book that's designed around parenting, the daily dad. And he said, it's not just for fathers. There was some women in the room. He's like, I just call it the daily dad. And this is how he opened it. I called it the daily dad because I'm a father and that's as far as you need to read into it. And um, yeah, it's just like, just some reflection pieces and, you know, a lot of like, you know, time goes by fast and being present and the difference between you know, being, you know, somebody's biological parent, like parenting or creating a child is biological, but parenting is psychological. And that difference, like we're not just here to keep them alive. We're here to, we're not even raising kids quote, we're raising adults, right? Cause that's what we want them to become things like that. So I got myself in the room and, uh, the question that I wrote down on the card, which they did talk about is, Casey is very, very against, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. And for any of the listeners, you'll, if you know Joe, JJ and follow JJ, you're going to see that he feels a little bit differently than me on this. And that's totally fine. But Casey is very, very against giving his kids a social fingerprint, meaning posting pictures of them when they're on video, their faces are never on video. He's either holding the camera over their heads while they speak at his feet or, you know, they're walking in front of him per se. And um, Ryan is the same way. He has his kids in his photos and stuff, but it's always from the back or things like that, or walking down the street in a stroller. You, you have no idea what they look like. And that's something that my wife and I, we feel very, very strongly about. Like, it's it's not one of those things where I care that other people do it. Like, I don't like say, oh, how could they do that? But I definitely feel we we both feel very strongly about it, and it's just because like we've bumped into like kids at the supermarket. We're like, oh, that's blah blah blah's kid, you know. And like I never wanted that ever to be like my kid. And I grew up without social media. Long it doesn't matter. But my question to Casey was going to be, or what I wrote down was like, when did you and Candace, your wife, decide that that wasn't going to be a thing? Like. Did you feel that way and say it to her? Did she feel that way and say it to you? Because you were you were a lot more famous than I'll ever be, like things like that, and how that same story happened with Ryan. 
So they talked a lot about that. And I don't really want to talk about what they said. Cause like, I don't want it to sound like I'm pointing fingers or, or care what people do, but um, it was just something that him and I both align with as far as the parenting thing. So I asked the parenting question being that the book signing and the book release was the, was the daily dad. And um, yeah, he kind of got to talk about it. And like I said, when, when it was over, they did a book signing um, so the author did a book signing, but like, it was one of those where you came up, you gave the book to the guy at the Barnes and Noble. He put down the table and he said, Hey, how are you? What's your, like, it wasn't rude, but like you could tell it, he had people to get out and he wanted to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a book promotion, Yeah. you know? And, uh, so I was like, my name's Brad, you know, I've been reading your stuff. I love it. And, um, he signed it, quoted it. And then saw that I had the Daily Stoic with me because at first I was like, I'll get both of them signed. But like when they were like, not making rules, but they were kind of like, this is going to be a conveyor belt. I was like, I didn't bring it up. And he's like, oh, you have the Daily Stoic. Would you like me to sign that as well? And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. And then uh, Casey was like, I was like, Casey, you want to sign it too? He's like, hell yeah, he signed it. And uh, I talked to him about Strava for a couple minutes. Like I didn't just take a picture and run because I'm... I'm genuinely curious. And I was like, Hey man, we got to get you back on Strava. And he talked about Strava and more privacy things and him having millions of subscribers. And if he posts a route that he does, there's going to be people all over the place looking for him in the morning. Yeah, That's crazy. He's, He's like, he's like, as much as I love it, he's like, that is like my me time. And that's why I'm not on Strava. And I'm like, that makes Don't blame him one a lot of sense. Well, and, yeah, it was just a really, really cool experience. Um, he, it was good to see Casey's some of his things that he's really, really focused on when it comes to parenting. Because I don't know if you know this, he had a kid when he was 15 years old in high school. So he talked a lot tonight about how he's been a parent his whole life. He's like, I went from childhood right into parenting. I never had adolescence. I never had adulthood. He's like, I I don't know what that's like. And, you know, he talked about the difference between his son now that's 25, right? And then he has two daughters that are like six and four. Yeah. Son's 25. So uh, his son is literally, I'm seven years older than his son. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's 15. And I'm literally like, and he's, how old's Casey? He's probably what, seven years from where I'm at. I think he's just, he's 40. Yeah, eight years. He's I'll be damned, dude. He's That's my, crazy. He's my age. <laughs> <laughs> but um, of course, I you know I asked him if he wanted to come run some trails. He told me the race. He told me a race that he's doing soon. He said that's inside information. I'll hold him to it. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll come out and run that race and see if I can find you. And he's like, that's the best way to run with me. I said, I can make that happen. And then I said, you know, I'm running New York City Marathon too. And he goes, uh. I'll be, I'll be doing that too. He's like, but you look faster than me. I almost laughed out loud. I was like, yeah, okay. This morning he ran 11 miles at 7.15 pace with Ryan. Jesus. I'm like, dude, that's like my PR mile. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, it was just... And also too, being 41, like I don't really have like fanboy moments like that. Like I, I don't get excited about athletes and things like that. And it wasn't like, oh my God. It was more like, wow. I'm an adult and I respect you as an adult. And, you know, there's been times where I've been on the couch and I needed to laugh and I put one of your videos on. 
you know? And Ryan, there's been times where like I wanted to lose my cool and act a certain way. And I reflected back on something that you wrote in the daily stoic, you know, and it was, that's, that's really why I spent the money and went in and, um, it's a hardcover book, which I hate hardcovers, but, Mm. um, those, yeah, the daily stoic really doesn't leave my side. And, um, I, it's, I'll probably get it from my brother for father's day. And it just like, I'm just thinking back now, I'm like reliving it. I just got home and, uh, you know, Casey was like, he said something like, it is better to give a, a five-year-old a pack of matches than an iPad. And I was like, oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> like that is, it's so, it, and like I said, simple things, like we're not raising kids, we're raising adults. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, that is and good. And if, if anybody, I, I can't recommend The Daily Stoic enough. I'm not, I like to read. I'm a reader, but and like, I think the major trend of my like transformation I'm trying to go through, which people are starting to identify as a midlife crisis, <clears throat> I'll take it. But, um, is like, it's, and I think I heard this on the Nick bear podcast when he had his running coach on there. I think you watched that episode. Um, I think this is where uh, I heard I listened it. to it during a run. It was good. Yeah. Really he good. said something like it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. And Mm -hmm. I'm finding that like consistency is starting to become my superpower. So even though like I love to read and I could sit down and binge read a whole book, the fact just kind of like with journaling, the fact that I like sit down, I read that in the morning and then I do a quick journal from the day before it literally takes five minutes. And, um, I've, I found that it just really helps prep me for the day. And that's uh, something I need to improve on. What's that? Just uh, a reading or just like reflection in general? Uh, consistency. So like there's areas in my life that I'm very consistent at. Like mm-hmm. I'm consistently a good dad. I'm consistently pretty good at, you know, staying on task with what I do with my job, you know, for work. Consistently, I feel like I'm going to try to be a good husband. But then when it comes to other parts of my life, like fitness, um, you know, eating good food, uh, anger, like those three things are probably like my biggest weaknesses. Yeah. I'd say food and, and like liquor, you know, cause like, although I'm not like a big, 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 big drinker, but I still, you know, I still want it and enjoy it and crave it. Um, those three are areas of my life that I'm not consistent on, you know? So like, I, I hope that like this running thing right. that I'm going through right now, I hope I can stick with it. Yeah. Um, so far I'm really enjoying it, but I hope it's not one of those things where it's like, it's a, it's a new shiny object and in two months I'm going to, I'm going to be on something else. Cause I've been like that my whole life with certain with things like sports. I would love sports for a year or two and then I'd be over it. I'm like, I gotta go. Some, I gotta go do something new. You know, I get bored with it. Um, I've been like that my whole life and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Cause I'm always wanting change. My wife sometimes gets annoyed with it. Um, story of my life dude I, that's why i could only have businesses for three years <laughs> it's dude it's i mean like it's one of those things man it's uh sometimes like sometimes it's good like sometimes i see it as a pro but then there's a lot of times i see it as a con too you know yeah um so i don't know how i don't even know how to i don't really know what the point i was making with that except that consistency in my life is 
minus the the what I feel to be the most important. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about parenting and stuff that, and being a good like a, a great husband for my wife and stuff like that stuff. I don't feel bad about and that I don't feel like I'm not consistent with. So those other parts when it comes to myself, you know, physical fitness, mental clarity, stress, anxiety, anger, like those three things, dude, stress, anxiety, and anger are something I deal with. Can I ask you something about the anger piece? Cause yeah. have you identified if you have a temper or if you're not patient or both? I would say it's definitely both. Okay. Cause like my anger issues were from like a lack of patience and the stoic helped me with that. Like I've never been like, I want to get in a fist. I've never like had like a temper. Yeah. You know, I've been a dirtbag when I'm drinking, you know, definitely not a gentleman when I'm drinking, but like for me, like my road rages and like when I would lash out at my wife and my friends and stuff, it was always, I found to be like a lack of patience. And mm. I, I, the reason I asked you that is because if, if you were like, Oh, just, I'm not a patient person, like the stoic, it, it helps. It really does. And the one thing that's like blown my mind early, something that I read, uh, which I tell this to my students all the time and they hate it is that around the idea that, you know, events do not change our course of action, but how we react to them does. And I tell my kids that it is impossible for them or anything for that matter to frustrate me because frustration is perception. Frustration is when you've lost control of your own mind, which is why some things frustrate other people but not you and why some things that frustrate you don't frustrate other people. It's because it's all internal. And at first that made me even more angry. Like I would get impatient or I get frustrated with a kid. And then I would know that like, not only is it really not their fault, it's my fault, but now I know it's my fault. So now I'm mad at myself and I'm mad at the kid. Mm -hmm. And it was like this mind mess where like now, like when the computer freezes in class or something, my kids will like mock me a little bit and they'll be like, the computer cannot frustrate you, Mr. Finn. The computer cannot frustrate you. They could just see when my blood's starting to boil. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. I will not kind of like, uh, you know, yelling is the adult tem- temper tantrum. Right. And, uh, so sometimes, sometimes the, that Ryan holiday, he makes me even more mad at myself. But at the end of the day, like patience is something I'm terrible at. Uh, you see me drive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, fuck. You know, like I got, I got, I have no patience. I have no patience. Like today on the train, there was a guy and there's kind of like this r- code of conduct on the Long Island Railroad. Like you don't talk on the phone. You just sit, you read or you, or you have headphones in like the, the train's silent and yeah. it, it always is. And there was one guy and he was one of those assholes that not only talks on speakerphone, but talks uh, on speakerphone right next to his face. Yes. And he was speaking in a language that was not a first uh, first language of the United States of America, meaning English or Spanish. So like I, the old Brad, I would have like, actually I probably would have like passively aggressive stomped my feet or made a huff and then went to another seat. But today I was like, I'm just going to embrace it. You know, I'm not going to let him frustrate me. And I got out the Google translator and then I pressed like the microphone button and I just spent the whole trip trying to figure out what fucking language he was speaking. (laughs) He's from Ghana, apparently. Oh, okay. Oh man. Yeah. Anger is something that I'll, I will say this anger is something that I have beat significantly, but I still have a lot to improve on. Do you find it's going away with age? 
Like I feel like as I get older, I just give zero fucks. Like I, I don't care as much about things. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I say more of it is. I think the more knowledge I gain, kind of helps me. If that makes sense in a way. Right. Uh, the more I understand myself, the more I understand the world, the more I understand about like, I don't know, dude. It's just some things I just I really can't control, and right. I hate it. You know. Um, but. I th- I don't know if that's uh what is it what's it word what's the word whenever you you get something from your parents a, uh, a trait yeah like there's another word. hereditary is that what yeah is hereditary yeah 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 okay. a, yeah I th- so my mom and dad both have very very bad anger issues as well yeah um my dad's worse than my mom but my mom's got got it just as bad and they both know it and we know it as a family but like so me growing up seeing it it being in my blood, it's one of those things I really have fought with my entire life. And then also to add stress and anxiety on top of that, you can see how all three of them kind of boil together to, you saw it at Dewdrop, you know, a little bit. So it's one of those things I really do. Like I've, I've struggled with it big time and I didn't plan on like talking about this tonight, but um, it's the best part of the pod, the new podcast. I know, right? Yeah. Push through anxiety and anger, bud. Yeah. Yeah. But I have made leaps and strides on the whole anger issue from like where I was before to where I am now as a as a father, as a husband, as a business owner, as an overall just individual, you know, as a as a as a young man. Yeah. Um I try I try to tell myself I don't want to be that person. Um I think also like just trying to learn. Mm-hmm. How you progress, pro, pro, progress in life. Right. Anger is not going to get you anywhere that I want to be. You no. know, it's not. And that's one thing I've learned big time is there's a lot of things now. Because like here's a, here's another one of my problems, Brad. Is I feel like I always have to be the guy to say something. You know, that's me. Yep. Is it not? Yeah. 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 So that's one another one of my biggest weaknesses is like. You can't swallow it. You can't. No, I no. can't. If if there's a if there's a crowd, and there's like so for example, your guy on the phone, easily would have called the guy out. Yeah, I know you would have. <laughs> you know, but but that's a that's a bad. That's, I shouldn't have to do. I should I should be able to sit in my chair and play Google Translator and enjoy the moment. But I can't, dude. I, I it's one of those things I need to work on. Dude, I'm I'm figuring it out now. I'm yeah. ten years older than you, so yeah, like the same thing, like. I would have, I had such a hard time just biting my tongue, you know, and I, I know, I know you're not alone. <laughs> you're definitely I not also, alone. I do think part of it is like, I have this mindset of like, I don't want everyone, someone taking advantage of me. And I also don't want everyone, someone like getting the upper hand on me, which I hate. Like sometimes I wish I could just let shit go. Cause it's doesn't mean anything. But internally, I'm laying in bed at night and I'm like, you know, like it just, dude, I, I don't get it, man. And yeah. it definitely age has helped, you know, 32 year old JJ is a lot different than 22 year old JJ. You can ask my wife. Right. Um. So yeah, dude, it's, I really don't know how to 
change it. Like I've never really studied it. I've never read on it. I've never watched videos on it. It's just always one of those things I've just kind of dealt with. But to if we're getting personal here, like it is definitely that and then my anxiety and stress, which is something I've just figured out that I had talking to you within the past year or two. And the more I have looked into anxiety and stress is what I've really figured out is, dude, I've had, so I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. Now I'm really opening it up tonight. I may have mentioned it. I you, have know. you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Oh. Loose um, lips. Buckner tonight. So, so I was, so this is, and Brad, I don't even know if you, you may know this. I think you do. I don't know. Let me know if you do. So when I was young, I was diagnosed with a, a physical form of Tourette syndrome. You told me this. Okay. You, we've talked about this on the podcast too. Okay. Oh, we ha- okay. Good. I couldn't remember. Briefly. Briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom called me. This was, this was recent. I mean, you know, maybe six months ago or whatever, but it was recent. And we had a long, cause like I would like go to doctor's appointments and like this was back. I mean, Tourette's was known, but it wasn't nearly as popular or not well known as it is, you know, today. Um, like I was on different medicines for it and shit. Like I wasn't doing like the, the verbal stuff, like where people like cuss and all that. It was more of just like, they call them ticks. Like I'd blink, like there's still times where like, I still catch myself doing stuff. Um, like when I get real stressed out or whatever, but there, there's these ticks I would do, like I'd tense my neck up and, you know, I would like blink a lot and it was really bad in elementary school. And, uh, oh dude, it was, it was the worst. But then, so they say my mom was reading stuff on it and she's like in that kind of that line of work with kids now and not Tourette's but like younger kids and developmental stuff and all that and she was telling me how like 98 percent of the time when a kid is diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome some sort of you know bipolar severe anxiety stress you know enlisted out all these like mental things like usually follows that um in their lifetime and which, I mean, I mean, it makes sense, you know, something like that would, would probably stream something like that else to pop up. Um, but I also think that's another reason why I've dealt with the stress and anxiety portion in my life is because of maybe something like that in my past. I don't know, dude, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot that goes on up in this head, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but I take it as, I take it as. I don't mean to cut you off, but I take it as also, I don't want to be like, oh, moan, you know, woe is me this episode, because I really do take it as um, motivation to, and I'm not trying to be cheesy here, no pun intended, but I literally was going to use these words, but to push through to, you know, get cheesy get to asshole. The, I know, right? <laughs> to, to, you know, get through whatever I'm trying to, to work on and stuff, because there are times in my life where I easily could have taken the, the easy route and did the blame game, you know, blamed it on the stress, blamed it on the anxiety where I was like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm going to be stronger than that. Think, yeah. As a man, sometimes we feel like we're not allowed to feel that way. Like it's less manly to be vulnerable. Yeah. Especially vulnerable to things that we feel sometimes are like in our own control, you know, but sometimes, mm-hmm. not. but I know something that isn't under your control to switch gears a little bit. Let's do it. So on your Instagram, you're looking to change the main channel's name. I've done it already. It's changed. It's changed. I saw the vote. Oh, I okay. Well, all right. So I I did a complete. So I can't revamp. talk. So I can't. I 
this was my going to be my mission to try and talk you into keeping it JJ Buckner. It's no more. Really? Yep. So I have. Tell me more, Batman. Yep. So JJ Buckner YouTube channel has been a mosh posh of everything over the years because it's again how my head works. I'm on to one thing. I'm on to the next to where what I've figured out with dividend freedom is it, it ties me down to what I'm feel like as a content creator on a certain ep, on a certain topic is what I'm supposed to talk about. Okay. So for me as a creator, I feel like it's helped me have channels associated with the stuff I want to talk about. If I want to make a real estate video, I got a channel I can go make a real estate video. If I want to talk about dividends today, I got a channel I can go talk about dividends today. If I want to talk about options and what my options are doing, I got a channel I can do that now. But then I also had this like itch in me where I had this personal content. I was like really wanting to get out, you know, like it's more of not necessarily like how can I create a business from YouTube with this personal content? It really is a hobby of mine. Like I do love making content. I like, I really like shorts. I do like, I love shorts. I love the true aspect of it. I love how easy it is because it's on my phone. I don't have to prep anything. It's real life. It's just fun for me, dude. And, and it's also a bonding moment for me and Mason because Mason sees me doing it. And then he's like, oh, dad, this is cool. Can I do this with you? I'm like, yeah, sure, do whatever. So like, it's a cool bonding moment for us. And I was just like, I want to, I didn't like Instagram. I just haven't been posting to for the past six months. I just kind of like left it alone. I wasn't, wasn't really active on it or anything. And then one day I just picked it up and started posting stuff. And then I started doing this running thing. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to post some running videos here. Because I was I had that run JJ run thing, but nothing ever really came from that. And that was, again, I was like... That's because JJ ran for two weeks. <laughs> well, I was, tied, I was tied to running, you know? Same yeah. thing. Yeah. So like the, the, the JJ Buckner brand, whatever you want to call that, which I don't even know what that is now. Um, but... Now I have a lot more freedom to do with my personal brand. If I ever want to step away from being a, a, an options guy, which like I'll probably still trade options, but there was a there was a part of me where I was like, if I build up my personal brand around options trading, I can never step away from options trading. I am the options trading guy. To That's kind of what happened to me. Yeah, like it to where if I have dividend freedom as a brand, I have, and I may be the face of the brand, but JJ Buckner is not dividend freedom. Mm-hmm. And if I have options freedom, which is the new name of the channel of JJ Buckner channel, um, options freedom, I can step away from that brand if I ever need to. But JJ Buckner is whatever the whatever the shit I want to talk about. So that's going to be that. That'll be Instagram. Well, it's on. It, I created all new shit. Like so, I have. Oh, you made a new JJ Buckner everything, YouTube channel. Everything. I made it. I made it. Well, actually, Ron JJ Ron. I just changed to JJ Buckner. Okay. So that's JJ Buckner now. Um, I have a JJ TikTok. I have a JJ Instagram. And then my personal Facebook, I've been posting the reels on there too. Okay. So every real short TikTok, whatever you want to call it, that I post for a certain channel, it's either going to be real estate related, options related, dividend related, or personal. I have a channel for that. And I have channel, I have four platforms every time I do a short. So if I make a if I make an options video, it's going on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. 
because I have options freedom pages created as well. So that's kind of how I have it broke up. It's probably a little much. Um, but once I get her, I think I want to like get a scheduled day. So like, you know, certain days are for certain whatever. That's what um, Graham did. For his one. Ch- oh, you mean for his like podcast and stuff? He made different channels for different things. And then he had a schedule for each. Yeah. I mean, so that's my thought process. And I really do enjoy talking like, right. And that's the other thing, dude. Like there's times in my life where I enjoy talking about things and there's times that I don't. And like right now I'm really loving talking about options because I really think it's a feasible way for me to earn two to $5,000 every single month, 12 months down the road. Did you, all right. So why did you convert what was already JJ Buckner to options instead of just starting a new options channel? Like you just started dividend freedom. Yep. Because I've been talking about options on the JJ Buckner channel for a bit. Okay. I know isn't I have mo- it. Isn't your most viewed video an options video too it on that is, channel? It is. Do you so, cringe when you watch that video? Oh, I cringe so much. <laughs> like the whole, even the quality of the video, dude, it's like a blurry video. It's it's, it's horrible. Those are the ones that go viral. It's so bad. Does it have a million views yet? I don't think so. It's around eight or 900,000 last time I checked. That's going to be a fun day. I can't, I hope to have a million view video one day. You know how much that video has made me? I, I know because I have one that's pretty high and I haven't looked at it in a while, but the CPMs on it's probably 25 bucks, probably. Yeah. I haven't looked at that in forever, but it's probably made you 30 grand. Yeah. It's around 30, 35 grand. <laughs> it's nuts, dude. It's so nuts. But, but, but YouTube rates aren't like that right now. No, they're not. They've dropped. They've dropped big time mm-hmm. um, ad rates. So that video is probably not making anywhere near what it was making a year, two years ago. What makes you think that you can make that money month after month? How'd you do in April? Uh, options, you mean from my yeah, premium? I'm sure there's going to be a video. There is. Okay, um, it's actually sponsored. <laughs> really? It is. I haven't had a sponsor in a while. I'm actually um, working on a sponsor right now. Oh, are you? <laughs> a big one. Oh, like nice. For the running brand. Oh, there you go. Like sponsor, oh, ex- ambassador. See, dude, that's so that's exciting. Yeah, that feels good. With a big shot. Oh, that's nice. I'll tell you off record. I, I don't want to say anything about it yet, but um uh shit, what was I saying? Oh options. 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 So what options makes you, April. What makes me think that I could do that? Um, so for the month of April, which again, a lot of this had to do with earnings and shit, you know, playing off earnings. That's why it was a little elevated. Um, but I made 735 bucks on, on what, like on what was the portfolio size? Like, all right, let's, let's talk percentages. So, okay. This is a little, so I'm pretty conservative when I do this. So I have three or four different portfolios. I, I sell options in. I have a SEP. But I don't use my entire set to sell options with, but I count the entire portfolio. Okay. So let's say my let's say my set is is forty grand. I may only sell options from fifteen thousand of it, but I count that forty grand into my total return or my total return calculation. So then same thing for like average money or (laughs) the average money fidelity portfolio. Right. Like I count that entire, it's not that much, but I count that entire portfolio, even though we literally are only selling covered, call, selling calls or selling options on, on one 
holding right now, and we don't even have Who's it. Who's it? Hood. Who's he? Oh, hood. Okay. okay. All right. So, like, but I count the entire portfolio, you know. So, like, it's a little. It, my percentages are are way lower than what it probably should be, but to make it easier for myself, I'm not going to go in and like subtract out my VTI position from this portfolio and all that other shit. Yeah, but you can just in your spreadsheet, you can have a basis, you can have your basis or your collateral you put up for cash care puts and you can find that average. Yeah, I know, but I would rather it's so much easier just for me to take the total amount of the portfolios and be done with it. Okay. And it's also more conservative on my end so numbers aren't inflated and I actually look like I'm doing worse than I really am. Makes right, me feel right. better. Right. Uh so for my return on investment from after explaining that, uh, what came out to be 0.8 percent one percent yeah Almost. so an extra an extra 12 percent a year conservatively and like i said i i'm on like year four of this and i haven't had a year even last year that was down i didn't have a year i don't even think i tell people it's very very realistic to get two percent like i think 20 yeah, percent is is and like I said, you have to zoom out. Like last month, I did one point eight percent. This month, I did uh, April. I did eight percent. You know, so it's like really four percent. But then in February, when I had to roll a bunch, I was minus two percent. So mm-hmm. right now on the year, I'm averaging one point six percent a month, which is like right at that two percent. Are you <clears throat> selling options out of just one account? Just one. See, I I want to get to that point. I don't sell options. And like my Robinhood was like a hodgepodge of things and this, that, and the other thing. And I made the conscious decision in January, kind of when I made that M1 finance move that like the same way you wanted to separate all of your, mm-hmm. um, all of your YouTube channels and stuff. Like I had to separate the options from the day trading, from the dividends, from the buy and holds, from the Roths. I just had to separate everything. Yeah. So like everything is inside Robinhood right now. The portfolio is 37,000. I actually just put 20,000 into it because tax is cleared. So I just put 20,000 into it. But for all of April, I had $17,000 portfolio. And last month I made, uh, last month, 17,000 was the portfolio size. I made 1200 bucks last month. Nice. And that is I own a hundred shares of Camping World, and I've been selling puts. Uh, my most recent video talked about like selling below your basis and how I did that and got screwed. And um, so now I'm selling puts to lower that basis. Um, Google, my wheel, Google, and then I sold a couple puts on Amazon, but kind of got away from that. I'm not really keen on Amazon. I don't think they're as strong as people think they are. Um, as far as a brand, they they, they definitely have a couple good moats, but. I think they're one that can kind of go kind of like Tesla can just go at any time. Um, but I just bought a hundred shares of Apple. So now I have who do you Apple. think would take over Amazon? Like what other I, Amazons out there? I could see Tesla before Amazon. I kind of feel like Amazon is getting to the point almost like how I feel about Uber, where like from a personal standpoint, not a business standpoint, a personal standpoint, I think they're getting sloppy. And Maybe like it used to be like so perfect. I don't know how it is by you, but like by me, like Amazon drivers, the, the cars are all beat up. They're, they're blowing stop signs. They're running all over the neighborhood. They're backing up onto your lawn. Like they're throwing stuff up on the porch. Like it's just getting sloppy. And like between that and I think their web services is really their bread and butter. 
and I think yeah. going to be the future of their brand. Yeah. But I just think we saw this in COVID. Like, for example, like I buy Dividend stuff that tracker I just switched over to them. Oh, AWS. did they? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I bought everything on Amazon, right? But then during COVID, all like real ta- retailers started doing like free shipping or free two day shipping over a certain amount. Like I don't get my diapers on Amazon anymore. I just call Target and they come the next day. You know, so I think that there'll be more bigger brands that won't necessarily take away from Amazon, but take not sure. Yeah. yeah. And another I huge agree. issue that I have with, and I guess you have to really buy niche products, understand this. There is so much counterfeiting going on on Amazon. It is mm-hmm. un like something as simple as bike tires. No, like. Wow. I can't even like the amount of people that are buying garbage on Alibaba and then doing yeah. Amazon for shipping and because it's drop shipping and like that's that age where that whole like age demographic did that. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I think they're just going to get a little sloppy, which is going to turn some people off and I don't think they're going to crash and burn, but I just don't see them to continue to grow the way they are. And yeah. like, and for the last couple of years, everyone's like growth in these companies have been like electric vehicles, right? Like, oh, the Amazon's all electric, blah, blah, blah. But now we're like learning from like science that like sustaining that amount of batteries and that amount of power to charge these companies, charge all these vans. Like we have to get the power from somewhere and we power is not infinite. Like, so yeah, you could have a fleet of a hundred thousand Amazon, uh, trucks, but you still have to recharge the batteries with energy mm-hmm. and that energy has to be created. And it's going to get to the point where the cost to create that energy isn't, the juice isn't going to be worth the squeeze, you know? So I, that's just my feeling on Amazon really quickly, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy with uh, Apple yeah, and Google. Solid brand. And Google, uh, I, I, I own Google and I'm trying to build up my 100 shares, but Google, although I love, there's this so long-term Google, YouTube, everything they own, excellent, excellent brand, excellent company. The the advertising portion, which is one of their biggest drivers of their business, could take a big hit here over the next couple of years if we do happen to go into a major recession. Mm-hmm. Um, that worries me with Google, but it's one of those things where, you know, if you can kind of hold long-term or yeah. sell options on your true average cost and figure all that out, then you should be good to go. But that's a concern I have with Google down the road. But the other thing I just bought a hundred shares of, which could be slightly controversial. And I will explain myself is Starbucks. <clears throat> uh, with the recent drop. Um, yeah, well they got, they got smoked on earnings. Um, they dropped like 8% today and I had to put that. I'll probably end up I was talking to my discord today. Their ex dividend is next week. They have like a 1.7% dividend and I have a one Oh nine strike and it was trading for like one Oh three today. Mm. If it bounces back tomorrow and Friday and get, and can get above one Oh five, I'll probably take assignment and take the $50 dividend. Um, but if it stays down around one Oh three, I'll roll it out. But I, I have more faith to be honest in Starbucks than I do in Amazon long-term growth. I mean, Hmm. and my reason for that, number one, 
they're drug dealers. So there's got to be something said for that. Um, people are not going to stop consuming caffeine. You know, can I say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree with you. I, I think Starbucks is going to be a great company long term. But guess who I've been buying a pose from Starbucks down here? Uh, brew bros, bros. No, what? Dunks. Really? Yeah. I can't stand that here. Oh, really? You never get the same coffee and it's a iced tea. I always get just Americanos what I get. From Duncan? Mm-hmm. They have Dunk they have Americanos at Duncan? Yeah, they're good. I like Duncan's snacks better than Starbucks. I feel like if you could put Duncan's snacks, like they're yeah. like little egg wraps and stuff. Those are so good. Inside Starbucks, I think you'd be pretty good. Yeah. The other thing I love about Starbucks, which you've probably seen on the internet if you watch TikTok or Reels, is like they're not a coffee company, they're a bank. And Mm -hmm. when they made their app and you put money on their app, it's amazing. They're using that money so efficiently that as long as they have an app that people are going on, and it's like it's not an app where you can go on and purchase stuff, it's an app where you download money into it. Yep. And they know, so so when every time you recharge your Starbucks app card, they're using it to either lend out to people or whatever, and they're making probably six to ten percent on their money. Yep. Knowing that all of the money that you just put on, you're also going to have to spend at their own business. Mm-hmm. So they don't. They're a bank that doesn't ever need to give you the money back. Yeah, they give they give it you in forms of coffee that costs them ten cents a cup to make. Yeah, and you're paying six dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's so as their app services grow, and like they took a hit on earnings because of you know international things, and like you know the for whatever reason, investors here in the United States seem to care tremendously if Starbucks is in China or not. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to be in China and be all over China. But like China, it doesn't It like China can be on the back burner for years and Starbucks can still have a ton of growth. Do I think the price is still a little bit overvalued? Yes. I still have them overvalued, mm-hmm. but knowing how long I want to hold them and knowing that their premiums are, their at the money premiums are like $250 a week uh, I, I'm for that. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the little bit of short term loss on them being overvalued. Is it really 250 bucks at the money? Yeah, or was that elevated because of earnings? No, if, it got IV crushed today. If anything, they were they dropped down to like one after earnings and after IV dropped. Um, I think the at the money premiums dropped down to like 150. Yeah, it's pretty good. But you can write at the money puts for 250 dollars on them all day. Wow. So you're looking at a thousand bucks a month off of a ten thousand dollar investment. Yeah, I, I tend to look at the month as really three weeks with rolling because my average time that I hold is six trading days generally. Okay. So like yeah, that I makes sense. It's just to the same thing you were saying there before, like being conservative and like mm-hmm. having less numbers than inflated numbers. I I treat my weekly returns at, I take three months per month. Uh three weeks. Three weeks per, per month. month. Got it. Yeah. So if I can wheel something for roughly two I'm going to say I can bring in roughly $600. And the haters out there are going to say like, can't do that in a bear market. Like, like I fucking did it. Like last month, uh, last year was one of the worst years we had. And it was one of my best years because then this is something that's been debated with me 
in my Discord since the beginning of my Discord that the covered call is a bearish strategy. Mm-hmm. It is not a bullish strategy. It is a strategy that you use to hedge against the fact that your stocks are not going to go up in price. Yeah, they're going to go down so you make money off the, the fact that it's... Or sideways. Yeah, yeah, they stay flat. Now, the thing that gets shitty is if you buy that stock and your basis is mm-hmm. at a certain spot and then it begins to go down. But like, if, you, if you've had a stock now for a year... And you're writing calls at basis that are, you know, 20% above your cost basis. You have some room for that stock to go down 20% before you're even at your basis. And you're collecting money the whole entire, that's what happened to me last year because I had investments for a year or two and I, they were all up because we had the biggest bull run ever right before that. So I had so much room between the strike price and my basis that I made money all the way down and didn't get smoked. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I just I hate when like people don't do it; they just hate on it. Yeah. So to get into that, then, do you think you like? Do you believe selling options is something someone could do to actually pull in a like? Let's 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 say. Let's say four thousand bucks, thirty five hundred bucks a month is like a a normal wage. Maybe. Do you think? Okay. Three to thirty five hundred. I guess I'm thinking like take home pay. Yeah. Um, thirty five hundred four grand a month is a normal average wage in America. I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think, with time and building up an account, do you think somebody could do that? Uh, to be able to pull in a normal wage? I'm going to... We have a list. I don't know if he listens to this, but I have a guy that subscribes to me on YouTube. He just made a YouTube channel. I'll shout him out, Wayne Nichols. And he has an enormous portfolio. Mm. Like, impressive. Like, he has worked really hard. He saved up a lot of money. Because that's the one thing, right? The, the obstacle is the way. And, and people they will hear the numbers and they don't think percentages. And then they'll be like, I can't make, I'll never have a portfolio. It must be easy. It must be nice mm-hmm. when you have a portfolio. So I was like, fuck you, man. I, I've been, I've been saving up money and living frugally for three years. Right. Yeah. That's why I have 50 grand in there. But if I had a hundred thousand dollar in Robin hood right now, I would make over $5,000 a month. Yeah. Now that'd be before I pay small, uh, right. before I pay short term capital gains tax, and before I have, I'm going to have some bad months. I'm going to, I'm going to get smoked for 10 grand one month. For sure. But if I zoom out to the whole entire year, I'm going to make, I, I would say 15 to 20,000 on a hundred thousand, right? I'm going to make 15 to 20%, right? So that's going to be 20,000 conservatively. Um, now, can you live off 20 grand? No, but I'm saying, yeah. I'm only saying that just so I don't have people soundbiting me and putting my you know, having been put my foot in my mouth. Like I've said to you that I think I can get 25% writing puts the right way with really, really good. Because here's the other thing. The, the larger your portfolio is, the generally speaking, the higher the quality of stock. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're wheeling $20, $30 stocks at yeah. 10 to $15 premiums a week, great. I started with fucking Wells Fargo and AT&T. Great. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was able to wheel Aflac. Like that was a big fucking deal. You know? Now, 
you know, as I'm getting up and now I have Google, I have Apple, I have Microsoft, I have Starbucks. Like not only can I take a loss because they're quality companies that will probably rebound because I'm going to do this long term, you know, but like there, there's a little bit of that safety blanket. And to answer mm-hmm. everyone's question, then then why don't you quit your job and put the, you, you say you're liquid, how, like I've always said that this is a hobby for me. Right. I never want to feel the stress of making money off of selling options. For sure. I don't frankly think that anybody should ever want to do that. Now, if you're in retirement and you hate dividends and you want to have a little bit of action every day, yeah. I think I think that dividends are for retirees that don't know anything about the market. They were just told mm-hmm. to buy and hold stuff forever and now they're buying and they're wealthy and they're they're crushing dividends and they're getting taxed the same as somebody that's Paying premiums, but like if you're retired and like you like the markets and you and you want to like have a little bit more control, well, we right? Tax the same. They're both. Oh well, yeah. You, yes, they are taxed differently. I take that back. Yes, you're right. Um, you know, and you want to have a little bit more like skin in the game and a little bit more control. Yeah, I think it's dope. And we're talking selling options because I just came off of day trading for a year and a half. I no longer day trade. I'm going to make a video about it soon. And I don't think anybody should day trade. Not because I don't think you can make money off of it. There's plenty of people that do, but because the majority of people can't put in enough time and don't have enough capital to lose to learn how yeah. to do it the right way. Well, and the other point I wanted to make to my question was, um, I I wouldn't want to see somebody not be investing in their 401k and their Roth IRA and VTI and not touching it and putting all of their hard-earned money in an account to sell options with. And you're absolutely right. And before I said that I put 20 grand in a Starbucks, that, I mean, uh, into Robinhood, that was not a flex. And you heard me say right after that, because my taxes just cleared, mm-hmm. I will be very, very clear when I say that I put 20 grand in a Robinhood, I am debt free. I am liquid enough money to pay off my mortgage if I lost my job tomorrow. I just replaced an $8,000 air conditioner in cash because I have an emergency fund that I save up in case shit goes wrong. So I never have to go into debt. My 457 is already maxed for 2023 because I took zero paychecks until I could do it. My Roth IRA is, is maxed out. My solo 401k is in the process of being maxed out. Yeah. Like and, and I'm putting $500 a week into VTI, which used to be my dividend portfolio. And like I said, that's not flexing money. Go back and ask me that five years ago and tell me what I was doing. But mm-hmm. yes, the 20 grand that, that went in there, that is a very, very small percentage of not only my net worth, but my investment portfolio. And it's a hobby for me. For you, it might be $200 going in, right? And that's why I like to talk in percentages. But if you know what you're doing and you know how to roll, I'm going to say it like 1% a month is very, very doable. Mm-hmm. Then you throw in an average year of 5% returns with those stocks. Yeah. You know, now you're up 17, 18%. Bang, bang, baby. And wealthy people that are liquid cash, all these people that tell you that they're liquid cash, guarantee you they're writing puts. Guarantee it. See, I bet it's, I bet it's, I bet it's even fewer people than we think, though, that are really doing this. Like, I feel like options still have that stigma. Dude, the, the ultra wealthy, no. Hmm. They know. Really? That we think is a douche, and I'll say it. I know you don't have to give your opinions, but I think he is. Like, he's probably bringing in close to six figures 
every single month writing puts. Dang. You know, like Mark Cuban crushes puts. Crushes Well, puts. yeah, I mean, but I've talked to some wealthy people that know dick about stocks. Right. Those are the people that either came from money or were just told like save up your 401k. Like they never, yeah. they're never yeah. curious enough to learn. But like if you talk to an ultra wealthy person and you, well, I'm talking about, I guess more like business owners, like they make their wealth through their business and that's, they just like, all right, I don't know what, to, what else to do with the shit. Yeah. But then they're also, those are the same people where if they ask and they, they want to learn, you, you teach it to them and they're like, what the, what mm-hmm. if I like they don't think it's yeah. a scam? Oh, yeah. yeah, they don't think it's a scam. Yeah, you know, they may knock day trading, but they only knock day trading because of the risk. Because the risk to only five percent of day traders, mm-hmm. or whatever, like you, you don't hear the only people that I hear knocking the wheel. And trust me, I get tons of tons of messages and comments. They seem to be the people that got burnt because they did something stupid or they didn't learn. Yeah. Like I had a guy like the other day leave me this fucking four paragraph hate comment. And then he's like, you're in this and you can't get out. I'm like, why, what, what do you mean you can't get out? I can just close the option. And he was responding, can't just close options. I was like, you mean to tell me you sat down and wrote that whole 20 minute response, hating on options and how you you're stuck in them. And you didn't know that you could close them. Mm. Come on, dude. And the fact that they take that long to write the comment, I'm like, do you not have other shit to do? Oh my God. And the guy, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, behind the scenes. If you start a comment with, I have a question, I keep scrolling. <laughs> I answered like, I answer a lot of comments and usually it's, you know, people that want clarification about the, vi- if you ask a question about the video, yeah. that's one thing. But if you're like, oh, I got a question, I'm trying to thinking about rolling this and trading, like a, that's what my Discord's for. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, we don't have time to to answer every. If we answered every single question we got on YouTube, I would still be answering comments. And it's from not even that. Like, ago. I want to know the like the people in my Discord. I have, I at least kind of have some knowledge of who they are. I can ask them follow ups. Mm-hmm. I can't take random like <laughs> dilly dot xo five two one. Yeah, and one user one six seven eight nine. Yeah, no way. That's what that is what the Discord is for. And. You know, you, you get to know your, your community members and it's a little bit easier to help them out. And you also have other community members who are helping them out as well. And I'm looking yeah. forward to our Discord starting to pick up. That's our own fault. We we kind of neglected. Yeah. It's been, yeah. people are in there. I think there's 25 people in the Discord. They're the reason that we're able to fund the podcast. So yep. I guess episode sponsored by the, the Discord. And there's a link in the description of this uh, podcast episode. And then if you're watching the video version, um, in the video, if you want to get in there for, Pretty cheap. I think we're doing a, a rebranding flash show. We get it for like two dollars and fifty cents a month. Two, yeah, two dollars, yeah. something like that. Something like that. Um, speaking of closing, I got to ask you one more question, then we'll get you out of here. Let's do it. Have you ever had to bring your kid to the ER? Hmm. Uh, yes. Which one, Mason? What do you do? We smashed his thumb in a car door. Okay. Yeah. Like we thought it was pretty bad. Blood. No, it was just like the whole part of his thumb was like, looked like it burst from the inside. When was that? Oh, shit. We were coming out of church. He was uh, maybe two. And you know, whenever you open the door and like where the hinges are, there's like that opening space. Mm -hmm. He had his thumb in there 
and oh. I shut it and that spacing closes oh. and it closed on its thumb. Poor guy. So you didn't even get it where it like actually closes it. No, got it hinge. Yep. <clears throat> Dude, we all freaked out and you know, he was freaking out and I looked at, it, I was like, Oh shit. I mean, did you know, go did get, it was it broken? They, they no, don't even have was, bones at that age. Yeah, no, it was so soft and everything. It just, yeah, it it luckily just didn't really do too much damage, and he was good to go. But yeah, we rushed him to the ER. And we're like, you know, we didn't know, like new parents, like, oh my god. <laughs> I uh, I made it five years, and one of my kids finally got stitches, well, staples, mm. and uh, poor guy. My wife and I, we have kind of like a rule. We're like, we talk during the day, but we're both teachers. We we have our phones and she knows how distracted I can get by my phone. But like a phone call during the work day, because we know when each other teaches, like we know each other's schedule. She knows, yeah. she yeah. knows at 12.07 I'm teaching. Got it. But we have a rule, like if you call, it's an emergency and not yeah. like, and not like what's for dinner. And I'll get the call every once in a while. And, and generally it's, it's a pretty big emergency. Uh, not always blood and gore and guts, but sometimes it's like, yo, Avery threw up on herself in class or mm-hmm. my, my dad fell and, uh, my mom's at home and I got to go get, like, it could be an emergency for anything, you know? So my phone goes off seventh period and I'm like, oh, sh-. and my kids know like Tara's calling it's an emergency at this point in the year. They know that. And, um, I pick up, she's like, I got to get Brody. He fell at school. He hit his head on the bookshelf. There's a pretty big gash. He's bleeding a lot. And it it looks like it needs stitches. I was like, do you have a picture? She's like, yeah, I'll send it right now. I'm like, okay, send it. She sent it. I was like, oh my God. Yes. Stitches, 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 stitches. So we call my brother who's like my on-call doctor. He's an orthopedic, but he's like, my, he's like, I'll stitch him up. But like, I don't really want to be associated with like yeah. me and him in pain. He's like, just right. take taking the PM pediatrics, which is like an urgent care for kids. And it's right down the block. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, you got this. And Tyra's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. And I'm like sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm going to sit here and like text her back and forth every 30 seconds for Mm -hmm. the next hour and a half till I'm out of school. And, uh, you know, and also too, like I thought about like him getting stitched. I didn't even realize staples so easy, but um, I couldn't imagine, like, I'm thinking like they have to shave his head. So they have a spot. Like when my dog gets stitches, right. They shave the belly yeah. and like, I'm like how Brody is so sensitive. Like it took me three years before I could cut his hair with a buzzer. Cause he's, he's like, <laughs> so I'm like, they're going to have to cut this kid's hair Then they're going to have to inject him with Novocaine that I'm like, forget, forget Brody. I'm going to have to be there for my wife. So yeah. luckily I, um, I teach like I have a counterpart teacher, meaning like we share a classroom and like when I'm in there, he's not when he's in there, I'm not. And that is for also for emergencies like this, where, you know, I literally just had to walk into my office and be like, Joe, here's the situation. I need you get in there. I'll call admin on my way out the door and they'll come and leave you with a real sub if, if need be. And he's like, of course done. And like, I've had to do that for him. He'll do it for Mm -hmm. me. And, uh, so I'm on the way out to building. I'm pretty cool with my admins. And I called him up. I'm like, hey, I need coverage up for eight and nine, just two periods. And uh he's like, oh, he's like, you're walking out the door. I'm like, I'm already at I'm already at my car. Joe Sorello's in there already. He's taking care of it. Um, but I know that he's doing interviews right now, so you gotta get a sub in there. And he's like, uh, 
what happened? I was like, oh, Brody fell. He's got to get stitches. And he's like, oh, you've done stitches before, right? I'm like, no, first time. He's like, first time. He's like, all right, good for you. (laughs) We had to bring Avery to the doctor when she was really little. Never slide down the slide with your kids in your lap, right? We know this rule. Well, I found out that rule after I slid down. Well, my father-in-law slid down the slide with Avery in his lap. And when they go around the turn, her foot got like torn his leg in there. But this was the first like blood. Oh, yeah. Yo, he handled it. Like I tried to be really good. Like Tara's like, don't tell him what's going to happen. Cause I was like, bro, right. let, let me talk to you and let's, let me tell you what's going to happen. Like I was trying to like prep him, and like, they put the little blood pressure cuff on him, and he like started to giggle. Like the thing blows up. It's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, Wee! like he's so weird. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it did like the blood ox sensor on his fingers which, and, yep. and at the PM pediatric. So they have it look like an alligator. She's like, the alligators put out your finger. The alligators got to get it. Like he was like, daddy alligator on my finger. <laughs> and, uh, but then shit got real when they had to pour the iodine on him and he thought oh, it was more yeah. blood cause it's red. So he's like, blood. And then I'm like, no. And then uh, the nurse is like, uh, mom, you're going to want to hold his hips down. Dad, you're going to want to hold his arms down. They had another PA. And he's like, Lindsay, you're going to uh, hold the head. And we're going to get this done as fast as possible. And he's going to hate us. And so you just I, hold as far so as I, you can. So I put on Encanto. And uh, yeah, like pinned him down. And I feel like, I think when he felt the stress of being yeah. constrained, yep. you could tell him. he just started to cry. And then the stapler was like, uh, it was, it was awesome. But it was like the first one went in and he fucking yelped and it Yikes. started to scream. And I'm like, I wanted to tell him like, dude, if you stay still, like we'll get all of these yep. in and be done. But it was like, she got the second one. The next two, she got like really good. She had a pinch and she was like, doo, doo, and got the next two in. But then she was like, kind of like looking like, do we need another? He's fucking like, nah, nah. oh no. And yeah. I'm like, just put another one. <laughs> so she zapped him. And Throw an next one in there for safety. <laughs> yeah. Like got four. And then like, uh, as soon as we like unrestrained him, he like, he sat up and he's like, can we get a donut? <laughs> I was like, dude, I'll take it. To you the, can that's get whatever what, you want. But like, like you take it to the donut store, you know? And then true Brody fashion, we get to the donut store. And he's like, can we get one for Avery? I'm like, you are, you are a good dude. So yep, that's good. That was, and that was all before I went this go full circle before I was, uh, going in to see the city. I'm like, if you ruin, it's going to take more than a stoic to calm me down. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need another staple. After I'm done with you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that was, that was my day. And, uh, it was a good one. Yeah. Sounds like it. More quick things to announce. You're coming. Yeah, dude. I can't wait, man. It's been, You've been a while. to New York in a minute. It's been a bit. I need my New York, uh, my New York fix. And this will be the first time that you hang out with me for a weekend and I'm sober. Well, both. I mean, I'm not going to drink either. If you're not, you know, we'll just, uh, my wife time. has drinks. You know what we should do, which I've been wanting to try. They have, um, the alcohol free tequila. Maybe we should get a bottle of that and drink alcohol free margaritas all weekend. Oh, it sounds good. Yeah, we can do whatever we want, dude. That's just the amount of time we would spend drinking. Usually, let's go spin it on a run. I'm gonna take you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take you on your first marathon. My first marathon. Yeah. My oh, can I guess real quick, and then I do have to get off here. No, you don't. Because I have nothing um, I want to ask you about. Go ahead. I had to buy knee sleeves 
my kneecaps were like, I could feel them like jumping up and down. They're freaking me out. So I had to buy something to put them puppies together. That's fine. Yeah. We can do that. We have two more all important things we have to think about. Where are we going to go eat? Because mm. we like to treat ourselves. We do. I think we should go back to the seafood place that, that we went with your wife. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and the last good. thing, because we do need to go, um, tell people quick about your push-up thing. Because God knows you did 100 push-ups today, and I can't even do three push-ups. Oh, yeah, dude. So, uh, yeah, they actually bring that up. So, I am spreading awareness for St. Jude Hospital. Uh, it was just a thing that popped up. I thought it would be a cool idea, um, a cool way to kind of give back as well. Um, and I'm doing to help spread awareness there there's a thing going on right now where you can do 3000 pushups for the month of may and i decided to space it out to do 100 pushups a day so it comes out to be if i do it for the full 30 days 31 days in may but if i do it for a full 30 days it comes out to be 300 and uh so yeah you know who's doing three, the counting i'm not calling bullshit but who's doing the counting i am i mean i'll be i'll be honest with you i'm the guy in the crossfit gym or I'm not going to move on to the next round until I know I have all my rounds counted just because it's something internally in me I can right. do. Yeah, you're not a fucking dirtbag. Yeah. All right, man. So, no, I'm, I'm doing, I actually have 20 more to finish. I do them in increments of 20 because I can't bust out 100 in a row. Yeah, I can't bust out two in a row. <laughs> maybe, I'll, um, maybe I'll work on that and uh, maybe we'll do push ups. Yeah, there we go. Well, I got to do 100 of them each day and then or so. But I'm pumped to uh, get you out here again. Yeah, me too. It'll be fun. Before the wife gets back. Guys, thanks uh, for yeah. hanging with us. And uh, I told you, we're recording. We're getting in there. So con- consider it your regular Monday routine. I will post the video earlier on YouTube, probably not tomorrow, but just to get it out of the way because I don't want to have to worry about that over the weekend. So if you want to check out the video and how handsome we're looking, um, you can shoot over to the YouTube channel and check that out there. But uh, also, too, guys, please leave a review. Um, mm-hmm. join the discord. That's like another great way to help us out. Uh, we understand if you don't have $2 a month, that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, and we hope that, uh, you are figuring out ways to just better yourself a little bit better every day. Cause I think that's the direction that we want to go in. Right, Jay. That's right. All right, guys, we'll catch you next Monday. And then People also, I, I got just so much. I've wrote down stuff. This is this is another thing too. When I'm fucking sober, like my, I'm, I'm so mentally yeah. clear right now that yeah. like usually I'm like, I right, see you later, bye bye, and then I get off and I'm like, shit, I had so many things uh, to talk about. Uh, people asked us if we were going to record on Wednesday, uh, if we we're going to go live on Wednesdays again. I, I don't see that mm. really happening anytime no, soon. Probably not. Maybe like a once a month or, but um, or maybe for the Discord or something. Yeah, something like that, but. It's uh, it just adds another huge commitment and a lot more tech. Yeah, just, it's a lot more tech. Yep, and it's so just I, easier to do this. And the chat, not that we don't like the chat, but I'd rather chat about the episode in the Discord. Agreed. And like we have a, like a flow state going, and then somebody asks a really good question. That's what how we really got all over the place, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Good we also deal. have an options course. If you're new to options, you can check that out. Use code options for fifty percent off. Fifty. Yeah, we're just giving this shit away now. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a good one too. And if You'll you just, le- you will actually learn how to, you know, some of these courses you hear about, like you will actually learn it. Yeah. And I have a book on the wheel strategy. You can type in Brad Finn, uh, wheel in Amazon and you get on your Kindle, you get the paperback. It's up to you. Yeah.
We got some stuff. Boom, boom. We're going to promote ourselves from now on. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that. I, know, I don't either. All right, guys. All right. Enjoy your evening. <laughs>